Hi, today is March 12, 2023. Daylight savings is time to spring forward for everybody except us. <laughs> and Arizona, I guess. Uh, this is Mobile News Podcast 451. The good Dr. John Westfall is on a super secret mission. So I have asked my good friend Paul Lawler to join me. And thankfully, hi, Paul. Thank you for joining me. And I just wanted to get out a couple of items that I've been following before I asked Paul a bunch of questions and I've been wanting to talk to him about. Uh, item number one is I was a huge fan, or I am a huge fan of Microsoft Lists um, when I was uh, still working. And I it's one of the few things I miss from my enterprise environment is <laughs> Microsoft Lists, which I used to call, I think, uh, SharePoint Lists for human beings because it's really easy to use, you know, for no-code stuff. Uh, very very user friendly uh even for people who are not coders and if you are a coder of sorts you can use power automate to script it to do even more things so and i notice power automate is available in my consumer office 365 account too now so i've got both lists and power automate to my surprise and delight i guess so how is lists different from notes ah okay so microsoft lists oh you mean to do or Notes, notes. Well, Microsoft Notes. Okay, the the the, the text notepad. Okay, so it's which, not a which text... is like Evernote, right? Sort of. Yeah. So Microsoft Lists is if you've ever used SharePoint Lists, uh, or if you've ever used SharePoint and built a list in SharePoint, it, basically it's that, except that it is very humanized. So if you need to build a, um, if you need to create a list of something. Uh, with a form and, you know, basically you can have a real nice UI UX and you can do filtering and sorting and all kinds of really cool stuff. Um, you would use Microsoft lists. Uh, you could kind of use Excel, except the nice thing about lists is that it's just built for, um, creating kind of a, uh, you can, I think can you merge two, can you have two lists together in a join? Can't remember, but just for flat file database kind of thing, it is awesome. Okay, then let me ask how it's different from project. Oh, it's not. Well, actually, it's not a project management tool, but you can. We did actually build project tools using Microsoft Lists to track uh, issues and things like that. So it's a general purpose list building tool. Um, okay. And in, in, it really makes more sense when you're collaborating, you know, with multiple people and you can assign uh, action items. You can, you know, have an action item as a list and you can, assign them to people and you can, uh, you know, basically do all it's again, a very general purpose tool. Very. And I put a link in there in the show notes. If you want to learn more about it, uh, let me see how Microsoft describes it. I'm doing a very poor job of it, obviously. Yeah. Well, I, I downloaded it and, yeah. uh, I opened it up and it, I, it looks like they're advertising it as something similar to, to project where again, you can assign tasks and. Mm -hmm. set milestones and things like that. Well, yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I would say it's a generalized list building tool. I wouldn't say it's, um, you know, I wouldn't say it's a project tool. I mean, there's also Microsoft planner, um, which okay. is, <laughs> uh, you know, which is a project ish tool. Right. Uh, the and, and, and Microsoft list works in a web browser, by the way. So you don't have to download anything, which is nice. Okay. I did notice that the iOS app, uh, is the the so Microsoft Lists for 
iOS, iPad OS is available for enterprises. I mean, by available, it's always been available for a couple of years now. Works great. If you want to use it with a person, a consumer account, however, you need to use a different version, apparently. Hopefully, it's not too much weaker than the enterprise one. But that means... <laughs> but but you do have to, uh, on, on, the, on the Apple uh, ecosystem, you have to join Apple Test Flight and then use that version of the app. Um, yeah. So it, it, my, the way Microsoft itself describes it is very simple. Track information, organize work, customize for your team. And I think even for a team of one, I'm I'm looking forward to kind of playing with it. You know, maybe make a comic book database or <laughs> something like that. Something I actually need that I don't have. Uh, anyhow, so that's available for consumer Office 365. It was not not available until I think a couple of weeks ago. I only noticed it the other day in my list of available web apps for Office.com. And I did notice uh, Power Automate being available a couple of weeks ago, but I hadn't really pursued it much. The other thing that is the other thing that is was announced recently, but I don't see it in my Google One plan yet, is Google has a Google VPN service, um, which currently is only available if you have the two ter I think the two terabyte Google One subscription, not if you have the twenty dollar a year, <laughs> hundred gigabyte. Uh, Google One solution. However, uh, they recently been in uh, blog.google, they recently published a an article saying Google VPN rolling out to all Google One tiers. And it says starting today, this is a couple of days ago, starting today and rolling out over the next few weeks, we're expanding VPN access to all Google One plans, including the basic plan that starts at $1.99 a month. That's when I pay $20 annually for. Uh, the VPN will be available in 22 countries across Android, iOS, Windows, and Mac devices. You can also share the VPN with up to five others if they're on your Google One plan, kind of like Microsoft Office sharing. So mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that appear. I I you know when I stop in at a Starbucks or whatever, I do have a uh, subscription to NordVPN, which is pretty good and um, is pretty reasonably priced. But hey, if I'm going to you know, if it's just our, I'm not going to stop paying for Google One, I might test it out and see if I can drop my Nord subscription. Again, not that they're bad. It's just one less expense. Well, I think I've ended up with now five different VPN subscriptions. Oh, no. <laughs> because I have Nord. Yeah. I have Tunnel Bear. Yeah, I remember I that. I have um, what, one came with Dashlane that I have, have it turned on. Um <laughs> I have another one with another service I have that I haven't turned on. So I've got like all these choices of VPNs and I hardly run a VPN unless I'm at Starbucks or in an yeah. airport or something. Yeah. I don't, I don't even run one because they, all they do is slow things down and cause me not to be able to get to places. I have to say that, you know, one of the reasons I need to test before I turn off Nord is Nord. And I switched from private internet access PIA. Uh, VPN service to Nord a couple, uh, maybe two years ago, because I had the same problems. I'd be sitting in Starbucks or someplace and I could not get to certain sites, you know? And um, I said, well, that's kind of dumb. I mean, these were like, you know, not weird sites. They're just normal everyday sites that you and I use. And they just wouldn't, you know, fire up over PIA. So I switched to Nord and that problem went away. Um, although I did notice Nord doesn't have as many um, entry points for their VPN, but well, look, yeah. I think this happened to you too. I couldn't get to my bank. They said basically yes. turn off the VPN. Yes, that happened to me. Yes, that was one of the, you know, 
places that kind of, you know, and I kind of would like it to be secure if I'm talking to a financial institution of any kind. So that was one of the, the turning points for me. But at any rate, so uh, I, like I said, I pay 20 bucks a year right now for 100 gigabytes plus the, you know, in addition to the free gigabytes that Google Drive has. Um, and I don't know if you have Google One, Paul, but it, it is kind of interesting. You know, it, in addition to providing more cloud storage space and soon I hope Google VPN if you use Google Photos and I use Google Photos a lot if you use Google Photos um, it adds a lot more editing features now for Google One subscribers which is kind of interesting um, um, I've okay so I have what used to be YouTube Red mm -hmm. and it's now turned into something else is that Google One? No that's separate yeah, no. yeah. okay yeah it's not all in one like Apple One I, um, which makes a lot because Apple One includes storage. It doesn't have a VPN, but it has storage and it has Apple TV and games and some on oh, music, Apple Music. Uh, so it's it's and it's also thirty five dollars a year. So it's a lot more expensive than the. Well, actually, it's not. Now that I think about it, the what well, used to be YouTube Red and plus Google One, I pay thirty five dollars a year. I think. So I have the family version of. What well, used to be YouTube Red. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And I, I just got a notification that the price is going to go up. Yeah, I got that too. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you know these, these billionaires, they need more money, right? They got kids to send to school <laughs> and, you know, eggs to buy and flour to buy. <laughs> Although this is counterintuitive to me because the cost of providing the service is going down for that. Right? I, Equipment I, costs are going down. Transport yeah. costs are going down. I have no explanation except, <laughs> you know, revenue stream, right? They ramped up a lot of stuff too much, and now they're ramping down. And you've probably seen all those unfortunate uh, riff notices going out on LinkedIn and stuff. Or not notices, but people notifying, hey, this was my last day and all that kind of stuff. So, and then, of course, yeah, this I, whole Silicon Valley bank thing is not going to help anything. I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because it's just, you know, such an odd situation. And even some of the big, big money players like Paramount yeah, are having trouble with their streaming. You know, um, this is the last season for Star Trek Discovery, last yes. season for Star Trek Picard. Yeah. Strange New Worlds is kind on of the on bubble. the brink. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I hear you. HBO, on the HBO Max side, you know, they, they're cutting a lot of the DC Comics uh, TV series. Um, but I got to say, you know, and, and I saw I saw an article that people are actually happy Discovery is ending and I'm one of them because it is not a good series. No, it's, <laughs> it's not. You're right. I mean, just the basic premises with the, you know, put your hands in the magic mushrooms and you can yeah. travel instantaneously. It's yeah. like, all it is is a, what they call a deus ex machina, the, yes. the god in the machine to get you yes. from one point to another instantly yes. because there is no way to do it with physics. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was the whole thing with Warp Drive, right? Warp Drive was, you know. But even Warp Drive was was at least, you know, related to the speed of yes. light. Yes, yes. This yes. one totally ignores everything. Right, right. Yeah, it's, I, well, it said that, and I mean, not to be, although we could do a Star Trek podcast, you know, Star Trek Views. <laughs> I'd be happy. I can talk about Star Trek all day. But to me, the characters are just not likable. You know, I didn't feel, you know, I didn't feel sympathetic, I think is the word, right? I didn't have any 
any vibes from the characters is, oh, yeah, I like these characters. And they're all kind of annoying. <laughs> the only character I liked was Tilly. Yes, she was great. Yes. And she exited season two, right? To become an instructor um, at Starfleet Academy or something. Right. Yeah. But she's still she she's still back now and then, but Yeah. Well, and I hated the fact that they, they you know, first they broke Canon by with this whole mushroom drive thing, which made no sense. Mm. And then they um but then they jumped to the future and it's like, Well, what's the point of that? You know, except that they couldn't and, operate in Canon, so they decided, Well forget it. <laughs> and a future that was less technical than the the past that they had left. Right, right, right. With the with the broken warp drive thing and yeah, uh, where, where no warp drives worked anymore, and it was right, very strange. But uh, but any rate, as I said, uh, oh, welcome to Star Trek Fuse, folks. For those of you who thought this is funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, having said that, change yeah. the world. Awesome. I, it's like awesome. The closest thing to the original series. Yes, yeah. agree. And I will say, I didn't like Star Trek. I mean, I didn't like Picard seasons one and two much, but season three, I've only watched. I think the first two episodes. I'm, I'm not caught up, but I, I really like what I'm seeing so far. Hopefully, they don't ruin it for me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but oh, hopefully, hopefully they'll lose something. Um, it's sad that Star Trek Lower Decks is probably the best Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying it's sad. It's just, I just think of the live action should be the main one, but in this case, no. Star Trek Lower Decks actually has much more likable characters and interesting plot lines sometimes. And I think, I, and I think there's going to be a crossover, right? With Lower Decks and Strange New Worlds. That'll be strange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's some kind of crossover. I don't know how that's going to work with an animated live action. But in uh, any case, um, moving from Star Trek U's back. <laughs> mobile views. Anyway, so I don't have this Google VPN in my Google One plan yet, but it, is, it does say in their article that it's rolling out over the next few weeks, and it's only been like five days, I think, since this came out. So I will be patient, and I will test it and see if I can save whatever it is I pay for um, NordVPN, which is, again, very reasonably priced in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, the Nord, they, they usually send you up some kind of special offer where you get three years for the price of yeah. six months or something. It yeah. comes out to like, I don't know, a dollar eighty-five a month or something. It's yeah, it's really very reasonable. Cheap. But as a retiree, you know, I'm trying to watch every penny. <laughs> I'm trying to watch every penny. Um, okay. But Harry, one of the reasons I wanted to ask is, you know, we were talking about uh, Amazon Echoes. The other day I found my, my original Amazon Echo, uh, which I had not used in years because I replaced it with another Echo. Uh, Echo Show Five, actually, and um, and I also have an Echo Flex, um, which is sitting in my bathroom wall socket, so I can ask you questions. So I'm brushing my teeth, uh, and I do, I do. By the way, it's really handy, um, especially for news and stuff. But anyway, and I, the reason I specifically wanted to talk to Paul about this and just hear what he has to say is because if not for Paul, I probably wouldn't have bought an Amazon Echo. At the time, I did. I may have bought it later, may have never bought it, but I, Paul actually hauled a original Amazon Echo, which is not small, with a, I think he brought a power portable power supply and maybe a hotspot of some kind. Yeah, and you, we sat there outside of Starbucks, and uh, he powered it up for me and a couple other folks. Uh, I think Sterling E was there, and I, I, oh. 
No, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and and you said you still use it. Yours is still in production. Mine had been kind of mothballed after I replaced it with the Echo Show 5. So do you have them scattered all over your home? or what do you I think? have them in every room in my house. Yeah. Uh, literally every room in my house. Um, I have a show in the kitchen. I have a show in the bedroom that I use as my alarm clock. Yeah. Uh, I have a an original dot, which is connected to my stereo oh. because it has the uh, audio out. The yes, new yes. Echo Dot does not have audio oh, out. I didn't know that. And then I also have the, the new, um, the round one. It's a ball. looks like a, it's about the size of a baseball. Oh, the clock? No. Yeah, yes, it has a clock in it, but it also doesn't have an audio out, huh. which is really annoying when you're trying to use Amazon Music and you want it to play through the stereo. Oh, I see. Oh, it is a dot. It's just round now. I mean, it's like it's, like a right. sphere. Yeah. Yes. And you can get one that looks like an owl or something. So <laughs> the reason I think they're trying to compete with the Apple um, HomePod Mini, yeah, which is roughly the same size and shape. Yeah, I'm looking. I didn't realize that one was out. So I, I have the Echo Show. Did you buy the big Echo Show or the? I have the actual Echo Show Five, the little one, which I, I really have, like. I yeah, I find that that is just a great size. I was kind of tempted to get Echo Show Ten or Fifteen, you know, put one in a kitchen kind of thing, but I kind of fought that urge, <laughs> and I just carry an iPod with me into that kitchen when I'm doing stuff in there, and that seems to work just fine. So my original five started glitching. I mean, it worked oh, no. fine, but the screen would the screen would glitch, right? It would oh. go, blip, blip, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blip. yeah. Um, everything else worked. So I, I moved that one to the kitchen, got a new one for the bedroom because mm -hmm. I don't want it blinking at me. Blinking, right, right, and, right. Yeah, and it works fine. But yeah, I, I would like a bigger one in the kitchen because what I use it there for is recipes and things. Ah, yes. Actually, if you used an Echo Show for recipes, how would you store the recipes? Um. You don't have to. You just ask for it when you want. Oh, I see what you're saying. Have the have the Amazon Echo itself find it versus something you stored, um, you know, squirreled away for yourself, so to speak. Right. What do you think you would use a ten or a fifteen? The price difference is not much. So yeah, probably thirty dollars just because of the the size. Yeah, although the fifteen mounts in a wall and the ten doesn't, right? If I recall correctly, is a fifteen a Visa mount? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think that 15 is like a wall mount. I don't know if it's Visa, but it is a flat. Yeah, it's a flat wall mount. While the Echo Show 10 is a is a ball, or you know, some kind of fat thing under the display. So you'd need to, you would need to put it on a surface, whereas the 15 can be. Go. I think that's the reason I was so interested in the 15. I was thinking I could put it in a wall somewhere, and it sort of looks like a picture frame. You know, all okay. the interfering. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and Fire TV is built in uh, uh, on the 15. I don't think it's built into the 10. And I know they've they've upgraded the shows to do more at video, but I I'm so I guess I'm so set in my ways. I only use it the way it worked when it, I got it. And <laughs> tried any of the new stuff. I I also bought the car one, which Sam oh. says discontinued. Oh, but I. I never really used it. Yeah. I see it still available, uh, Echo Auto, second gen, 2022 release. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Maybe they brought it back again. They discontinued it temporarily. Mm. It's $55. Oh, 
Okay. It's, it, it's at least for my car. Yeah. It doesn't integrate with the car. Oh. Um, that's and a my, my iPhone does. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. You've got a, you've got a smart car with a display and stuff. And not that smart, but it, it didn't yeah. talk to the iPhone. Uh, yeah. So my you, playlists and everything carry over from the phone to the car. I have not bought a new car since 2008. Okay. So, you know, I, I still plug into what used to be called a cigarette lighter for power. <laughs> And have an FM transceiver, so you know you can act like you're talking to a Neanderthal when it comes to car tech. <laughs> I mean, because I have no car tech. <laughs> Some would say I barely have a car, but you know, let's not be nasty about it. <laughs> have you tried the Echo Frames? I don't know anybody who has. No. Yeah, that seems a bit much to me. I uh, I, I agree, but uh, yeah. So I I so. So your original Echo, which came out in like 2017, I think. So that's been in continuous use since you bought it, I guess. You never, unlike me, you never turned it off. You just kept adding to the Echo household. um, During during the school year, I usually take it into school and use it in the classroom. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, it sits in my guest room. How do you use it in a classroom? Out of curiosity. Um, just to, so I teach technology and tourism, right? Yes, yes, yes. So I talk about, so, you know, if you have a device like this, you can ask it about travel. You can ask Uh it about weather. You can ask it about currency. You can ask it about countries. You can ask it about, um, all kinds of travel related things. Interesting. Interesting. I think I heard one of your assistants try to talk to you, but, but, uh. Oh, you did. With my watch, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the S lady is very uh, insistent on joining conversations. Shall we say? I have which no brings up one of the most annoying things to me. Okay, I have an iPhone, I have yeah. an iPad, I have an Apple Watch. Yes. If I say, "Hey S," right, one of them randomly is going to answer. Right. And so, if I want to set a timer on my watch, right, and it randomly sets the timer on the iPad instead. And then I walk out of the room. <laughs> I'm not there when the timer goes off. <laughs> I have never tried that. I always set my uh, timers manually uh, on my iPhone, and then my watch, you know, alerts me, which is fine. It's how it should. But uh, speaking of alerts, I'll tell you. Uh, well, I don't know if it's funny. It's actually kind of sad that I still haven't figured out. Speaking of uh, notifications on the watch, so my my wife has an Apple Watch six or seven. I can't remember which. And a recent vintage Apple Watch, and um. You know, I'll say, hey, how come you never respond to my text messages? And she says, I didn't see no notification. Oh, come on. And it turns out, for whatever reason, and then, you know, her phone is in her purse, so she doesn't see or hear her purse go, whatever. So uh, so I found out after some testing, and it's my daughter's the same. My, da- my daughter and I both have iPhones, as, as my wife does. And if we send her a an Apple message from iPhone to iPhone, it will be received on her iPhone, but it will have no notification to watch. However, and I also have an Android phone, as you know, I have an old Pixel. If I send a text, you know, plain old SMS text message, it, she'll get a notification on her watch. And anyway, I haven't figured out what the problem is yet. I looked at all the settings, and I don't, I don't know what the problem is. But there you go, something, some weird notification thing on the Apple Watch that I haven't figured out yet. 
Right. I would pay money to get fewer notifications on my watch. <laughs> well, you know, one of the nice things about retiring retired is I don't get, uh, I had, you know, I had teams on my phone. Well, I still have it, but it's not connected to anybody anymore, you know, enterprise wide wise. So, you know, my, my, sometimes my watch would be near dead by the time I got home because of all the notification teams, notifications going to my watch through the day. So I'm very, I'm grateful to have, you know, like one, I don't even know. I haven't done a count, but one tenth, one one hundredth of the notifications I used to get. Basically, I get weather alerts and things like that. Now that's pretty much it. So no complaints. Have you used any of the other? Um, I mean, obviously, you used S Lady on your on iOS, iPadOS, macOS device. Have you used Google Assistant at all? Um, I have, and I have a um, what do you call it? What's the equivalent of a dot? Um, Google. Oh oh oh. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I've got one of those just to try it. I don't use it very much because mm. I'm so used to the other two. And right. because the the A word one is tied into my house. Ah. So I can turn on and off lights in my house. I can unlock my front door. I can, um, I, I can lock the front door. I can um, turn on the ceiling fan. I can... I can look at the doorbell and see if there's anybody out there. So it's it's so integrated with my house. Yeah, it, yeah. I, it's a it's annoying to have to go to the S one instead of the A one because <laughs> I'm so used to using the A one for everything. Yeah, I I, I have a um uh, you know aside from the from the Pixel phone, I have a Lenovo Smart Assistant, which is a Google Assistant uh, with a look at and uh, I think it has a 10 inch display. And a pretty decent sized speaker, and I have to say, it's probably my favorite assistant. Um, it's the smartest of you know the S lady and the A word person and, and Google Assistant. And I haven't tried Bixby or any of those things, but but amongst the big three, I think it's the smartest. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they ever integrate Google Bard, if Google Bard ever becomes a actual service to make it more intelligent. And of course, poor poor old Microsoft doesn't have a smart assistant too. Well, yeah, they have Cortana. <laughs> yeah, but it's been deprecated, you know. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. So it's really not there anymore. And they have no device to speak right, of no that, I, that I know of. But <clears throat> I've discovered that Apple HomeKit yeah. is, I, I'm not going to say it's inferior to the Amazon mm -hmm. one, but it's certainly less... Um, ubiquitous. I mean, there are way fewer devices that work with Apple HomeKit than work with Alexa. I thought I thought there was an there's a a kind of a common um, home device thing that they all use now. I forget what it's called, Material there, or whatever. There, there's one coming. Ah, but it's it's not here yet. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Yeah, I hear what you're saying though. I I also prefer having all three. I have my lights set up to talk to. Um, the Echo system. Oh, one thing I did, I should mention, uh, speaking of the Amazon products that I did buy, um, I think it was on a Amazon Prime Day or something a year or two ago, is I bought the Echo Buds 2, second generation, and I I, I kind of like them. In fact, I think I prefer them to the AirPods. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I, I won't say the sound is better, but they fall out of my ears less. <laughs> and, and actually, the integration is pretty good the only thing is pairing is a little annoying because 
you need to have the um, Alexa app on your device to actually pair it. You can't just uh-huh. put Bluetooth and pair it. So, so it's kind of annoying. And I think I couldn't pair it with my Kindle HD, you know, their color device. So that was oh. a, yeah, that was a little weird, but it's okay. It's So one of the things that I found uh, for people who use the AirPods mm. is the, and I think, actually, I think I heard about this from John, uh, the Coupley tips. Oh, yeah. I think John did mention that. Yeah, I've heard John mention it on your podcast, and I yeah. went out and got them, and they're wonderful. They don't fall out of my ears anymore. But how do you do? You have, don't you have to take those off to charge the tips? No, no, you don't. They they, they replace the the tip that comes with it, oh. but they're they're not a smooth silicon. They're kind of uh, uh, grippy. <laughs> grippy, yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that when John was describing it to me because I, I bought a pair of third-party tips, but you actually have to put them over the AirPods and you got to take them off the charge. And it's just a giant asshole. So I stopped. No, these are a replacement and they fit inside the case. They're wonderful. Oh, nice, nice. I might have to take a look at that. Definitely. I, I got them from my daughter too because she likes to run with her yeah. her AirPods, but they keep falling out. So Yeah. Yeah, for some reason, my wife and daughter, both these AirPods, but when they go running or walking, they don't fall out. And I, you know, I, I guess I'm little bit of sour grapes on my part, but I'm just jealous. Because <laughs> <laughs> mine will fall out sitting here talking to you. I'm using here for, you know, I, we're only doing audio recording, but I just wanted to mention to folks that uh, when we record, uh, I am wearing, I have a, I have a separate microphone. I have a, a Yeti Nano microphone and I have AirPods Pro in my ears to, as a studio monitor, so to speak. And I think Paul is using something similar. He has a nice nice set of um what are those bows or something yeah these, these are my bows yeah headsets uh cans over the ear over the ear cans which it looks like a nice set and and that's how we record in fact i will uh let's see do a screenshot so you can see the two of us there we go screenshot and um and and just sitting here talking to paul i sometimes have to put my finger Near my ear, Paul probably thinks I've become a Secret Service agent in my retirement. <laughs> um, no, I'm not talking to the presidential security detail. I'm just trying to make sure my AirPods don't fall out of my ear <laughs> while I talk to you. It is not an affectation <laughs> or a communication signal. It it's kind of funny now because, well, since COVID, basically, yeah, uh, all of the TV stations where they have guests mm-hmm. the, like the talking heads instead of having yeah. them in the studio right. they're all coming in from their homes yes. and they're all wearing airpods yes. and some of them are, are good at it and some of them are not yeah yeah definitely I hear what you're saying and it's a it's a real um, art maybe a skill on getting this thing you know working you know one of the things that I, I during during the pandemic when you know we were already doing teams calling and stuff before the pandemic but it really became critical and everybody did it, and you know, not everybody had a good headset, or they had maybe a decent headset, but they had uh, like a boom mic, and they had the mic right in front of their lips. And I kept telling them, "Put it below your lip. You're spitting into the mic." <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> and, and then you've got the people who don't understand that they have to look at the camera and not at their screen. <laughs> so basically, you look up and see their nose hairs for the entire yes. meeting. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I think, in fact, I think I told you I was uh, I was thinking about writing a book in retirement. I have not. Um, 
Oh gosh, what else seen? Um, oh yeah, mute before you fart. That's what I was going to call the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, is if I can draw your nostrils from memory, your camera is in the wrong <laughs> position. <laughs> but yeah, I hear you. I and I have to, go ahead. Some of the Dell laptops actually have the camera at the base of the screen and not at the top of the screen. Which really exacerbates that problem. I have not seen that, and I don't like that idea. Um, <laughs> and actually, it's funny you say that because before we started a podcast, you know, I have a what I do is I have a I really like having two screens during a podcast so I can see the person I'm speaking with or the persons I'm speaking with on one screen and a you know, and have my notes on the other. And so I have a little tiny, it's actually a security LCD, it's just a little tiny 10 inch, I think it's a 10 inch LCD uh plugged into my MacBook and I have a Logitech camera on top of it. And I have to remember to look at that camera <laughs> instead of my, my MacBook <laughs> camera. Uh, otherwise you know you'll just see my ears and well you see my earpod. <laughs> but I have done that when I wasn't really, you know, concentrating what I'm supposed to be doing. But yeah, this whole this whole video conferencing thing it's it's become a even after three years, uh, you know, I remember before I retired last, you know, December 2022, I remember thinking, I'm never going to get people to get a, you know, get their audio quality fixed and position their camera so I'm not looking at their nostrils <laughs> and all of that sort of thing. But what are you going to do, right? It's, it's, it is interesting watching the TV interviews do it. Also, especially the audio quality. When the audio quality is really bad, um, and I should talk, you know, I've had some pretty poor audio quality on my podcast when I wasn't paying attention. I should know that before Paul and I started, we did it like a five second test recording, make sure the quality was okay. And I was actually recording, <laughs> but, uh, it, it's interesting though, to see the evolution of some of the podcasts that I have followed over the years mm -hmm. and how they've gone from like a cheap boom mic yeah. to a Yeti. And now they're, they've graduated to a sure mic. Oh, and people would mind it. I mean, the the money is is different, obviously, but the yeah. sound quality is just night and day. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, even the, and the Yeti is a sub one hundred dollar mic. I think that's what I'm using, and I it's, it's heads and shoulders over using the microphone you know that's built into your computer or even my AirPods or any other you know consumer. I mean, it's a consumer grade microphone, but it's still head and shoulders above what's built into most people's headsets. Um, what are you using, by the way? Using your your Bose because it sounds good. Right now, I'm just using what's in the the headphones. Yeah, it sounds good. The Bose microphones, uh, you know, do do it right. I've I bought a whole bunch of mics, including this uh, this Anchor. Um, they have a Soundcore Anchor Soundcore, uh, which is okay. The sound quality was okay, but the the I don't know about your your Bose, but the ear cushions just kind of disintegrated on me. After about a year and a half, this is, this is my second pair of cushions. Oh, okay. So you okay? Even, even the bows, this, I guess they all this it's the same rate over time. They're just not designed to last forever. Yeah, but uh, I mean they they say leather, but it's not leather. No, it's, it's pleather. Yeah, yeah. Alleged alleged leather is what they should call it. A leather. <laughs> yeah. So so let me know if you ever decide to get the uh, the. Echo Show 10 or 15, I'd be really curious to hear what you have to say about having that larger display. I'm kind of holding out for, and I should tell you what I'm holding out. I'm holding out for two things. One, um, I'm hoping that Google, and Google I.O. is coming up soon, I think. 
I'm hoping that Google will announce availability of the Google tablet that they uh, hinted at, or actually they announced last Google I.O. in 2022, because it was apparently going to have some kind of optional dock that makes it like a Google Assistant or Echo Show. And I'm kind of, well, I'm very not kind of, I am very curious about, <laughs> you know, its availability and features and most of, of course, cost, you know, I don't want to pay an arm and a leg for something. Um, right. So, and the other, the other thing I'm kind of curious about is app. I guess it's not going to be till next year, according to rumors, but Apple is looking at some kind of, uh, you know, home pod with a display. And, um, so I, of course, Siri needs to get a lot smarter because it is just, <laughs> yeah. Um, and by the way, if you, if you, Hey Siri, are you smart? I aspire to be a truly intelligent machine, but I'm still machine learning. So I, I think that was only in my AirPods, but it basically says, I, I aspire to be a truly intelligent machine. Okay. <laughs> it's, you know, it's not the sharpest pencil in the bunch, unfortunately. <laughs> Which is sad, because, you know, when Siri came out before Apple bought it, it was really smart. And then when Apple took over, it became less smart, which is very disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm to the point now where as long as it's adequate, I'm I'm happy. Really, I I've I've become so dependent on these voice assistants, and I'm really kind of concerned. You know, I was reading that uh, Amazon said that their Alexa division is really you know not performing up to the levels they'd like, and they're losing money on it. And you know, I hope they don't do a Google and just kill the service because you know how Google is with killing services that don't perform. Well, M. Amazon kind of shot themselves in the foot because they introduced it as the Amazon Echo, mm -hmm. but the but the trigger word was Alexa, right? And so people started calling them Alexas, but Amazon right. called them Alexas, right. so they ended up with a real branding nightmare. Yeah, point taken. Point taken. Um, also, what do you do in a household where you have a person there named? Can you change it? I don't even know. You my upstairs neighbor. My upstairs neighbor is that's her name. <laughs> so you you can change the trigger word. Yeah. And one of the alternate trigger words is are you ready for this? Okay. You get back to back to Star Trek. Okay. Computer. <laughs> computer. Computer. <laughs> Doing that terrible study. I tried that for a week. I tried it all the time. Did I say the word computer? <laughs> <Wait till often. laughs> Probably especially when you're teaching remotely. <laughs> given what you teach <laughs> but okay anyhow any rate paul thank you so much for your time uh, i'm really glad i got a chance to talk with you about how you're using your assistance over all these well i shouldn't say all these years it's been six years i guess as you, you first showed like me forever. echo yeah right it's like how did we exist without them in fact, I was thinking the other day, the original iPhone came out in 2006, right? Yes, yes. Uh, and I'm, I'm like, what did I do before I had this? Oh, oh! in fact, I've been taking pictures of my, my prior phones. I didn't buy one right away, by the way. I think I didn't buy an iPhone until the 3G came out. And so I was still using Windows Mobile. I was using, you know, uh, Microsoft phones, essentially. I mean, not built by Microsoft. They didn't build any phones. But uh, Windows Mobile, Windows CE based, I have a whole collection of them. But it, you know, and I, I watch like these old movies on TV from, I mean, old, when I say old movies, I'm talking about 30s, 40s. Mm -hmm. 
and something happens and somebody has to run and find a phone. Right. Right. A, a, a real phone. Right. And if it happens out in the out in the woods someplace, yeah. they can't get to a phone. Right. And and when you watch these war movies and they're trying to to signal each other. Right. And you know what are they what are they using? They're using semaphore flags. They're using right. Morse code. They're using <laughs> all of these bizarre ways to to signal each other. Well, you know, you can't get a message around the world in two seconds like you can no, now. No, yeah, uh, it it is it is, and I'll I'll tell you, it's kind of funny because, and this is only the 1980s. We're not talking 1940s, 1980s. I was a civilian contractor to the DoD, and one of the things we were I was looking at was you know how to build how to roll out a battlefield network, and by that I mean a wired battlefield. <laughs> 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 like running cables, you know, and dealing with, uh, you know, cables being cut and endpoints being blown up and they're shot and, you know, making a survivable like little, network. <laughs> little vehicles that had to drive out of hauling cables. No, people. From one point to another. People. Oh, people. Yeah. So if you if you watch old World War II movies, for example, sometimes you'll see the communications guy. Um, he had a radio, he had a whip radio, but in, in addition to that, he would also be rolling out copper wire behind him, pulling it behind him. Uh, and, you know, they would literally hook up a phone to that. And that was their, you know, their behind-the-lines communication back to, you know, some either forward base or maybe even to the local headquarters, but uh, probably a forward base. But, uh, I mean, it was pretty wild when you think about it, you know, what they had to do. Yeah, it's like a friend's dad was a, a, a combat air traffic controller. And I, <laughs> you know, I just can't imagine what it must have been like before you could do laser targeting and stuff. Right. I mean, you'd literally have to be calling in coordinates, you know, from, you know, behind enemy lines. But at uh, any rate, things we don't have to do politically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah not, not a job I would uh, aspire to. I think I'd be too scared. But anyway, any rate, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Thanks again, Paul. This has thanks been- Thanks for having me. Oh, is Moby's podcast 451 with the interlude of Star Trek views number one. <laughs> and we'll talk to you next time.